December 23rd, 2021, Plea for Liberty. Plea for Liberty Summary. Bernanos is struggling to reconcile the place of free men in a society driven to collective and totalitarian extremes. He feels the elite of his society have betrayed the conscience of the nation as they have gradually enveloped the religious and financial institutions of the country into a single framework of monetary control. Within a hierarchy of money, there is no place for honor and even less of a place for free thought, whether one resides in a democracy or a dictatorship. The only hope of breaking society out of this control to Bernanos is the conscience of honorable men willing to take risks, and even more so the saints. Yet, he finds it ambiguous from whence forth these spiritual forces will envelop the conscience of a nation, as he does not see them, but he is hopeful they will be embodied by free men and women who through hardship have learned to value their freedom not only as a right but as a legitimate duty to defend. Thus, even though Bernanos relates in his seminal book, Plea for Liberty, that there is no man more devoted to the American Bill of Rights or who better understands its, understands its meaning than him because there was men like him who wrote it, Bernanos made this supposition because he understood the limitations of rights and what it requires to defend them, the principle of man and duty. This was important to, because Bernanos recognized that the modern state only recognizes rights and no longer recognized duties. This was very dangerous to the preservation of society, especially when there aren't enough free men and women who are alert enough not to constitute masses. George Bernanos, Examination of Plea for Liberty How soon for the restoration of honor? Where will, will the revolt of Christian honor come from and when? These were the questions Bernanos communicated to his audience. Bernanos viewed the imposition of the modern state as unnatural since it is top-down and not bottom-up, not coming from an inner necessity of man. Thus, freedom seems to be a constant theme throughout his book, especially in the beginning and end. It is evident from Bernanos' writing that he believes true freedom is only expressed in a handful of people, particularly the heroes and saints, in any given society, and these people are the conscience of society, the worthiest representations of a nation. Are these people born or cultivated? This is an important notion reiterated in his book Last Essays, the notion that heroes and saints are here to be our friends first and foremost, not superhuman masters. The bourgeoisie has become everything quote from page 47 is the first supposition explaining the formation of the pagan state, an entity taking on religious importance and devotion. It is followed by a full critique of the bourgeoisie denying and despising their roots and exploitation of the people. Bernanos claims intellectuals don't understand or value democracy, and thus they scapegoat the people as they are elites. He denounces the privileged class who speak of honor, moderation, wisdom, and prudence, but instead represent cowardice. He also claims the elites have attempted failed spiritual revivals in which they falsely stated they were doctors in Christian ethics to some extent. He ends the first letter to the English by speaking about John and French conscience. It's interesting that he ends this letter in reference to the saints such as Joan of Arc, who are the conscience of the nation, but I wonder whether who chooses, chooses to listen to them is up in the air um, in a society that has ordered itself not to need heroes. Letter to the English, March 1941. It is apparent to me on this second letter the grandiosity of his task to influence Europe and America during World War II. It was more a matter for securing the future in his mind, for the present was already lost. This quote is endearing to me because I feel it spoke to me. But a day will come, and I know it, when some young lad of your blood, doubtless yet born, will by chance happen upon these dead pages, and his glance will bring them back to life because they will have touched his heart.
Bernanos was not only speaking to the next young generation, but he was indeed unlocking the spirit of childhood to bring forth the desperate and nervous energy needed to restore French values and save our crumbling democracies in Europe and globally. I would argue for simplicity's sake that Bernanos leans as a physical conservative, but as a liberal of the spirit. To complicate things, he challenges all systems and complacent ways of thinking, making one to question whether he, he truly fits anywhere ideologically. It is apparent to me that Bernanos wanted a united Christian spiritual front, not a political front, which he deemed the modern state of paganism. One may question, given the fact that tyrants come about, why does Bernanos support monarchy? Isn't this a seeming contradiction, given his criticisms of totalitarianism? I also find it very fascinating that in Bernanos' examination of injustice in his later books like Blast Essays, Bernanos tries to avoid the question of justice, concluding that the instinct for justice in the hands of technologists or those in power is dangerous. Such false executors of justice, Bernanos claims, such as self-seeking petty intellectuals, want to falsely claim that people are demoralized when in fact Bernanos never loses faith in the people. Bernanos was worried that the world was dedicated to money and profit to the point that profit was in danger of taking on a sacred character. Bernanos is famous for saying systems complicate life and are a form of insanity. Similarly, he said merely talking about principles without demonstrating them is fashionable in 1940s society. Bernanos also speaks of Christianity and French nationalism in grandiose fashion. When so much exploitation has been done in the name of nationhood and religion, do they deserve such accolades? Bernanos also expresses better than anyone the importance of spirit of the law over the mere letters, but this raises the question, what forces people to deny the spirit? His criticism of mediocrity and the dull-witted makes me wonder, are the dull-witted really that foolish, or do they just define intelligence in a different way, like a sort of herd mentality? To Bernanos, there is always an underlying morality and spirituality underlying political outcomes. In terms of the 2016 election of Trump, I wonder, where should the conscience of a nation lie? Was it a scathing backlash of certain intellectuals or even a crisis of conscience that Trump was elected? Although Bernanos is a voice of the people, he's open about not being a social reformer. If the bourgeoisie is corrupt as Bernanos states, how should a people be actually evolved in making their society? How can everyone be empowered through decision making? I thought too that after major overhauls in government, the elite are essentially the same, if not worse. Historically speaking, Bernanos claims that order and money, to be more exact, became intrinsically tied to the church by the bourgeoisie. As I continued to read his writings, incidents became more clearer to me, such as conundrums like how to protect individual rights with collective doctrines like constitutions, and what good are principles without free men. This spoke to a fundamental problem with organized power that Bernanus knew all too well as a Frenchman. Bernanus was against the idea of spiritual individualists in Christianity working out their own individual salvation. Christianity to Bernanos not only was an ultimate risk to run that wasn't a sort of comfort, but inherently meant building collective solidarity to fight off very real social, economic, and political evils. In response to this, in his September 1941 letter to Roosevelt, Bernanos asked Roosevelt to tell the leaders of Christian opinion in Europe to form a Christian society built around the 18th century principles of liberty, fraternity, and equality. Additionally, it's important to note that Bernanos didn't adopt the doctrine of the church, but the doctrine of the saints, so he was not a fundamentalist based on institution. The dilemma is that in all cultures, sainthood along with priesthood is commonly frowned upon by those with lots of power, prestige, and profit. Moreover, Bernanos may not self-identify as a social reformer, but he sure does make his audience think a lot. Should we believe in the people like Lupe Fiasco says in one of his songs, Words I Never Said? 
If not, how can we not? How can men not constitute masses? What will make good people vigilant or act against perceived wrongs in the despotism of the state? Can hope and optimism prevail? Can we all become saints and become saints and thus transform the world through well-needed social reform? More than anything, Bernanos wanted to restore the honor of honor. Bernanos was sure that no matter what society and no matter what regime, the moment the absurd dictatorship of profit is smashed, the nature of things and the experience of men will recreate some sort of system based upon the principles as our ancient regime. I reiterate that Bernanos was always always believed in the supremacy of spiritual forces over political, social, and economic ones. He even said, God makes use of the church even when rich prelates cherish the illusion they are making use of him. He goes on to say that chivalric honor, which means upsetting the world's values, scorn for money, the exaltation of poverty, force acquiring its only dignity through deeds done on behalf of the weak, force become a servant rather than a master, all this was once for all consecrated by the church. Bernanos felt that even though the church has had some bad administrators, it has never gone back on its signature as a moral and spiritual leader and backbone of European society. Moreover, unbeknownst to many, chivalry that was supported by the church was carried out mainly by the poor and underclass in Europe before it was wrenched from their grip by the elites who corrupted it. I wonder if such chivalric honor existed in the 18th and 19th century when America's founding fathers were around. Nonetheless, Bernanos makes me question not only how dem democratic the founding fathers were, but whether they trusted popular opinion at all, because Bernanos makes it very clear that democracy is not only fragile, but surprisingly that it provides no defense against tyrannical dictatorship. This, along with the fact that Bernanos felt democracies were more prone to worse ministers, was probably the primary reason Bernanos supported monarchy. Thus, he dreamt one day of a spirited and honorable prince or king who would defend the weak and restore the spiritual values of European society. With little signs of this occurring in Europe, Bernanos took his self-imposed exile, but based upon his writings, it is clear that he never lost hope of a new generation unlocking the spirit of childhood as he did throughout his life. Bernanos ends his letter to the Americans by saying, Beware of the totalitarian herds and hopes that one day a true living master of blood, not ink, will guide America and the world. I interpreted this as someone of the spirit and not letters, and by living he means adapting with the times, and a free man, not bound by laws but love. I believe there have been several wonderful and empathetic leaders, but if the masses don't want to change, then what's the use? I think that last question is crucial. Now to end my examination of Bernanos' wonderful social and political book, Plea for Liberty. In his last letter of the book, Letter to the Europeans, Bernanos makes a last note to the saints and heroes which I interpret and declare that we must be unconditioned by materiality to recognize our true divinity as free men, men of love. Moreover, we must not only understand our rights, but we must also understand the principle of legitimacy by which those rights lay upon. Whether that legitimacy is men, law, or spirit, Bernanos knew the day would come when the spirit of childhood would awaken again, the honor of honor be restored, and justice be attainable for the people and those who have been lied to for so long, especially the young. I've merely touched upon a handful of Bernanos' ideas. In 2019, the archives regarding this French Catholic icon were released. His political thought and candidness have been comforting for me in my early 20s, as well as developing my political points of views in America. He is more well known for his Christian and wonderful Christian fiction, but the day will come when his political thought will be just as revealing, prophetic, and even more scandalous for France and the world. Thank you.